0: wept bitterly. Today's scripture reading takes us to the lowest possible point for Peter. But before we get into that part of the scripture, let me back us up just a little bit. Um, Remember that Peter was from uh, Galilee, so from the Capernaum area, north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And he knew Jesus up there, probably. And one day, Jesus saw him on the shore and called to him and said, follow me. Well, Peter wasn't the cream of the crop, most likely. Uh, You remember uh, that um, I spoke one time about the Jewish educational system um, in Galilee. And when students were finished at age 15, that's when they would go and look for a rabbi. Well, Peter was already married he was already uh, had already started his occupation, fisherman, and during the three year time he's with Jesus, he probably had turned twenty one because he paid the temple tax. So likely he was a little bit older, which meant he wasn't the first round draft choice, let's say. So when Peter is selected by the leading rabbi in the area, well, he must have been he must have had a real head rush about it that that Jesus chose him to be one of his disciples and he spent the next three years walking closely literally clo- as close as to be covered by the dust of jesus and during that time i imagine he's probably trying to prove that he's worth it that he's worthy of being this disciple of jesus this leading rabbi and um He desperately wanted to be like Jesus, just like any other disciple um, would want to be like their rabbi. Remember, the um, rabbi-disciple or Talmud relationship isn't the same as a student and teacher. It's much more than that as they uh, sought to imitate and be exactly like their rabbis. Well, Peter wanted to show that he was worthy and to be able to do this. Uh, Remember, when Jesus was walking on the water, who was the only one out of the boat to imitate the rabbi? It was Peter. The other 11 stayed in the boat. Who recognized Jesus as the Messiah? Well, that was Peter. He was the only one that spoke up that Jesus was the Messiah. Well, these 12 were especially close. They were trusted confidants. And Jesus called them as disciples. But then at their final meeting together, their last supper, he called them as friends. And the story from our scripture reading really begins at this last supper, a traditional Jewish meal at Passover. So let's go follow Peter just a little bit during um, this time at the last supper. Do you remember that Peter, he was specifically mentioned in scripture. And Jesus said that the disciples would fall away from him that night. And Peter says, I will go to prison with you. I will die for you. And Jesus looked at him with the Jesus look and said, really? Before the rooster crows, you'll deny you even know me three times. And we can only imagine what Peter's response to that was. But next, the story moves into the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, they sang a hymn. And then they walked 20 or 30 minutes across the Kidron Valley and went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it was there that Jesus uh, bared his soul. Abba, Dad, if there's any way that this can pass from me, that it doesn't have to be done this way, let's do it a different way. But if not, I'll do what you want. You remember that? And then Jesus went back. And again, Peter is specifically mentioned there where he says to Peter, couldn't you pray with me for one hour? Peter had fallen asleep. And then Judas and the uh, guards, the Jewish guards came uh, to take Jesus. And Peter, it mentions his, him specifically again, got a sword and started to fight. It was just Peter. He loved Jesus. He wanted to defend Jesus. And now uh, from the scripture reading, we find ourselves in the, High priest courtyard, and Scripture says, "Well, I just want to stick up for Peter to, a little bit um, here, because where were all the other Talmudim, the other disciples? Where were they? Well, Scripture says that they fled, and who is trying to follow Jesus here? It's Peter." And we think probably John was somewhere connected in the building. Peter was the only one out in the courtyard with these people. I mean, he had some great courage. And he desperately wants to follow his rabbi. I mean, he wants to. He's trying to be faithful. And still he failed. And as the rooster crows, the gospel says... The Gospel of John says that Jesus, in the middle of his trial, turned and, quote, looked at Peter, or you could translate that considered Peter. And as soon as Peter saw Jesus looking at him, he realized something about himself. And what was it that Peter saw? I mean... Seeing himself for who he really was, maybe. I mean, a very human mix of courage, concern for his friend and his rabbi, a confused man, an afraid person, weak. He was a failure, an unworthy friend, an unworthy disciple, and an unworthy follower. And so, immediately, he went out and wept bitterly. And I don't think Jesus was looking at him, condemning him. I think this look revealed to Peter just who Peter was, somehow. Well, you remember a few days later that Mary went to the um, tomb and she saw Jesus. And don't you think it's interesting if you read that account that Jesus says to Mary, go tell the rest of the disciples what you've seen and Peter, and he specifically mentions him by name. And then um, the disciples days or a week or a week, it doesn't say how much longer, maybe let's say a week went up to Galilee Um, they went back up there and they were in their boat Um, all together. They were fishing and it was John that recognized Jesus on the shore. And he said, it's the Lord. And Peter specifically mentions him again here in his Peter sort of way, put on his cloak and then he jumped into the water. And he sputtered and swam his way to shore to be with his friend and his rabbi. And if you notice, Jesus made the disciples a meal. He cooks it right there on the shore and he eats with them. He sits down and he eats with them. Wouldn't you love to hear that conversation? But John, um, in his book, uh, I'm so glad that he wrote the story about Jesus asking Peter to go for a walk with him right after breakfast there. And Jesus is looking Peter while at Peter while they're on this walk. And do you notice that... Uh, Jesus never once, while he's considering Peter, mentions, he never once mentions Peter's failure. Not once. But he does focus Peter on their relationship. Peter denied him three times, right? Jesus asked him here three times if he loved him. Do you love me, Peter? I mean, what does he see when he considers Peter? How could Jesus possibly entrust Peter, the failure, with tending his sheep? He said, do you love me? Tend my sheep. He must see more than the sum of Peter's failures. He sees much, much more. And Jesus doesn't ask for an apology or rub his face in it. He's also seen Peter's weeping. Jesus gets to the core and he notices how Jesus immediately forgives him. Peter notices how Jesus immediately forgives him. And Jesus shows it by giving him an important task, task, and he trusts him. He trusts him with the important task. A task demanding great trust that restores Peter. Tend my sheep. Let's forget Peter for a minute. How could Jesus possibly trust any of us? Are you called to be a Talmud, a disciple? What task are you being called to right now? Are you wanting to care for a friend? Do you have a huge decision to make? What have you fled? Have you tried to follow? Are you found lacking, apathetic, too afraid to act? Are you confused? Jesus never leaves us in this state of tears or of failure or confusion. He gives us the way forward in a relationship with Him. I mean, what does Jesus see in you? He sees, I think, in all of us, he sees all that he saw in Peter. He sees all of it. And he says, Hey, do you love me? No, 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 no. no. Do you love me? Do you love me? care for my sheep do you think that Jesus thought Peter would do everything perfectly from that point on of course not so why do you hold yourself to that same standard when Jesus looks into your eyes when he considers you what does he see how does it make you feel When you look into Jesus' eyes, do you see compassion, forgiveness, trust, and a task that's somehow good for your restoration? Okay, so here are several things that we can glean from this passage during our social isolation time. Uh, things that we can talk with God about. Maybe this is the part that you should replay later on during your, your prayer time, your quiet time. Um, by the way, uh, the Pray As You Go app has been really helpful for Christine and I. Um, maybe you want to try that. As you sit quietly, consider this. One, This time of social isolation is a wonderful opportunity to press into our relationship with Jesus. Move towards sitting quietly and listening to the love language of Jesus. Dwell on your meal with Jesus. Ask God to speak with you about your relationship with him. What is he saying to you? What is your response? Second, let's act out of love, not fear. Why did Peter strike out in the garden? Fear. Why did he deny Jesus? Fear. Are you going through a fearful time right now? Ask God what his will for you is during COVID. Could he give you the grace to act in love? Third, this is a time for restoration. In what way do you or someone you know need healing right now? Is there a relationship you're aware of that needs to be restored? Could God give you the faith for healing right now? This story starts with a meal and ends with a meal. And Jesus told His disciples at their last supper, this very night... You will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Anyone feeling scattered at the moment? Maybe it's for a different reason, but we're still scattered. And then there on the shores of Galilee, he had a meal waiting for them. As a way of closing and a closing blessing, I want to read something to you about a shepherd and a meal and an enemy. When you hear the word shepherd, think of Jesus. And when you hear the image of a meal, feel the loving presence of Christ. And when you hear the word enemy, think coronavirus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil you are with me your rod your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy you anoint my head with oil